Thank you, Tyler, and thank you for this opportunity to share this message with you today. Preaching on love is kind of the central theme for Christians, and uh, sometimes pastors get uh, a little bit of critique. You're going to speak about love again? But love was a message in the New Testament over 200 times, spoken about love 200 times in the New Testament. I guess it's a central theme, don't you think? And John, in his gospel, speaks about love over 60 times, just in his gospel and his little short three letters alone. So speaking about love is, is something important for us to do. I think we have our scripture in here today, so let's read our scriptures together. First from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. My beloved friends, let us continue to love one another, since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't know love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but we love one another. God dwells deeply within us, and his love becomes complete in us, the perfect love. And from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though even a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For those of you who don't know me, I'm married to Fran for 42 years, so she might know a little bit about the, the good and the bad parts of me. And uh, Larry and Megan, our son and daughter-in-law, and our grandchildren, Henry and Jane, we moved down here about 18 months ago so we could be close to them in my retirement. And so we're getting settled in, and we've enjoyed our time here at Village Church Roseville because love is a central theme here at the Village Church Roseville. And unfortunately, I can't say that about all Christian churches. Some seem to think hate and fear and anger are better themes to talk about. But love is the most powerful force in the universe. This is the, the Marvel themes now, right? Who's got the, the most powerful force? What, what superpower do you want? And God gave us love as a superpower. So let's think about that a little bit. If I had to put the gospel in a nutshell, I would say it's John 3.16 and 17. You've got to put the two together. 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. But 17 says, God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that it might be saved through him. Too much condemnation and too less saving. We don't want to condemn everything and polarize everything and, and drive things apart. We want to build bridges and pull things together. And when I was in middle school, I was reading the, the Bible for myself, and all of a sudden reading the Gospels, it, it finally clicked. God really loves us. This love makes sense. It's so powerful because God never stopped loving us. First, God was so humble, he came into this world as a baby in a manger, trusting in us not to hurt that fragile little child and allow him to grow up. And he grew up as a human being. Imagine God putting all his powers aside and coming into the world as a human being because he says, finally, I've got to go into the world and show them and tell them what love is all about so they can finally get the point. He knew from the very beginning of creation that when he gave us free will, we were going to do some rotten things and things were not going to be perfect. And so he let us go our own way and he tried to teach us through prophets and, and kings and all sorts of things. But finally he said, now's the time. I have to go into the world and teach them and show them myself. And you look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. That he healed the sick. He reached out to those on the margins and drew them in. The blind, the lame, the lepers. He showed love to everyone, whether they deserved it or not. When the woman was caught in adultery, he says, I don't condemn you. He showed us love in all his teaching. In the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about love five different times. And then in that last Passover meal with his disciples, he's been with them for three years. You'd think they finally got the point, right? But that final night, he spends so much time talking with them about love. 21 times he mentions love in that Passover meal in John and in those days after the resurrection. And John also tells us about the time Peter and Jesus have that final conversation where Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And as Pastor Tyler was talking last week about the filial love, the, the love of family and friends and sacrificial love, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me with the agape love, the love of God, the, the love that we need to have for each other, the love I've been preaching about? And Peter says, I love you with the filial love, with the love of a brother, with the love of family. I love you that deeply. Jesus asked him again, do you love me with that love of God, that agape love, the, the love that I've been teaching about? And Peter says, I love you with that brotherly love. I love you as a family. I love you as a brother. And Jesus Ask him again, do you love me as a brother, as a family? And Peter says, you know everything. You know my heart. You know I love you as a brother. He gave him that chance for those three denials to love him three times. 
to express his love three times for him before he was sent into heaven. Jesus showed us in his whole life that love is the way we need to live. He said, love is the most important commandment, the first command and only commandment that's the foundation for all the other commandments. We need to love God. We need to love one another as we love ourselves. We need to pull all those three aspects of love together. And Jesus never stopped loving people, even all the way to the cross. After his arrest, Peter cuts off the ear of the slave of the high priest, the servant of the high priest, and Jesus heals that servant's ear and says, put away your sword. This is not the way we're supposed to live. And Jesus went with them peaceably. They tortured and they killed him. And while he was on the cross, Jesus says to and prays for the soldiers who are killing him and says, God, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And that had such an impact on the centurion. The centurion says, Surely this must be the Son of God. Who else could forgive us for what we just did? And that must have had such an impact on the disciples that Stephen, the first Christian martyr, when they were talking about Jesus after the resurrection and they weren't supposed to anymore, Stephen was stoned, stoned to death by a bunch of uh, Jewish leaders, the rabbis who said, you can't talk about Jesus like that. You can't say he's the son of God. You can't say he was divine. And Stephen didn't stop, so they killed him. But Stephen, in his dying moments, prays for those who are killing him and says, Father, forgive them. And one of those people holding the coats, the robes of those who are throwing stones happens to be a a man named Saul, who we know as Paul, who wrote all those letters that are in our Bible to those first churches and became one of the first Christian advocates. So I can think that seeing Stephen pray for him as they were killing him must have really sunk in his heart. And eventually, when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, he knew that he couldn't deny this faith any longer. I was driving down the street yesterday doing some errands, and on the license plate in front of me, it says, In God We Trust. And since I've been working on the sermon all week, I, God is love. So we should say, In love we trust. Question is, do we really trust in love? Or do we do that knee jerk reaction of faith, fear, and anger? And hatred, you know, it's so easy to try to polarize things and, and be afraid of things that are different than us, people who are different than us, and we may jump to fear. And that might build up hatred or anger because we start to polarize things. If we trust in God's love, then we'll sit down with people who are different than us people who disagree with us, people who may even want to hurt us, and we'll listen to them. 
Because we can't build bridges of love unless we first listen to people who are different than us, who may have broken those bonds and, and become polarized. And we can't seem to get along. We can't seem to hear each other. We have to listen first. Because, you know, sometimes things we think are loving, things that we think are helpful, aren't really helpful for the other person, aren't really loving to the other person. They take them the wrong way. So if we listen to them and we find out what's important to them, what do they care about, what are they afraid of, we start to see the humanity in them. In Romans where he said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to change. He didn't wait for us to get it all together. He didn't wait for us to fix ourselves before he could die for us, before he could save us. He died for us and he loved us before we even understood what it meant. And when we open our hearts to God, to Jesus, to let him get into our lives, we find out God's been sitting there with open arms all the time waiting for us. It's not us changing first. God loves us all the time. God is open to us all the time. God's just waiting for us all the time. All we have to do is open ourselves up. And if we want to get along with other people, if we want to love other people, if we want to love everyone, even our enemies, then we have to somehow sit down and listen first. Listen to find out how do we love them. What's a loving thing we can do? And uh, as C.S. Lewis said, sometimes we have to do love before we can feel love, you know? So that sitting and listening is doing love, and maybe by doing that loving action, we can start to feel love by allowing ourselves to finally listen and understand other people who may think differently and feel differently and and just see things differently than we do. If we can see the divine in them, we can see the humanity in them, then we can start to love them. It doesn't work that we're going to love everybody right off the bat, you know. This is hard work. It takes some effort. We have to think about it. and We, we have to check on what we really want to do if we really want to love. The, the story that I like to use to, to see the power of God's love is Aesop's fable. I don't know if you've heard that, Aesop's fable about the, the sun and the north wind having a little argument. We don't have arguments, but, but they happen to have an argument. And the sun and the wind were arguing over who's stronger, who's more powerful. And they happened to see a, a man walking along the road, uh, happened to have a coat on. And so the sun says to the wind, the strongest one is the one who can make that man lose his coat. So the wind says, sure. Of course, the wind tries to get that coat off the man by blowing as hard as he can, blowing as cold as he can, and all that gets the opposite effect, right? You blow hard on a person with a coat, they're going to hold it even tighter. So he finally gives up and gives the sun their chance. And, of course, the sun just has to smile. The sun just has to let a little warmth out and 
As that man starts to warm up, he decides he better open up the coat. And eventually he takes it off and puts it over his shoulder. And then he finally sits down under a tree where he can get some shade. He can cool off. The sun won because the sun just had to shine. And I like our songs this morning talking about let, let your love shine. I think too often we pass out crosses for people. Hey, you want to wear a cross? Hey, what, you want, to, want another cross? Hey, what, why don't we pass out lamps, light, love? We started to pass out God's love to other people. I think that's a lot more attractive, don't you think? That's one of my ideas is we need more lamps on necklaces instead of crosses. And, and maybe then we'll know who the real Christians are, right? The ones with the lamps and the lights. And, and the ones with the crosses, we can say, hey, have you seen the light yet? Um, well, that's just the way it may be. Love came down at Christmas. Jesus' love is God coming into the world to show us how much he loves us. A love that never seems to give up. Even when we beat him up and torture him and crucify him, God still loves us. In one of the retreats I was on, I, I heard a, a man speak and was talking about how sometimes, you know, the hardest thing is for us to forgive ourselves. And if we fail to forgive ourselves or we fail to forgive other people, what we're saying, Jesus, you didn't suffer enough for that person. You didn't pay enough for that guy. You didn't pay enough for me and what I did. We need to accept that Jesus died for us. He suffered for us. He suffered for other people too. He paid the price for them so that their guilt and their shame can be set free. We don't have to hold on to those anchors that, that kind of keep us from loving other people because we're still stuck in our guilt and our shame and the things that we did wrong that we don't think we can forgive ourselves or we can't quite forgive other people about. we got to say, Jesus paid the price. We can let it go. We can put that behind us and leave them at the cross and say, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to start spreading God's love. We're going to start being that healing, redeeming, saving love, building bridges, forming bonds with other people, doing what we can to repair the brokenness in our world by listening to other people. One of the things I like to use, if we can pull up that Galatians verse uh, from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, to me, this is the test. And John tells us we need to test our ideas. You know, everything that pops into our head isn't great inspiration. It didn't all come from God. Some of it's kind of self-induced. And so we need to remember to test the things that come into mind, test our actions, test our ideas. And Paul says the same thing in several of his letters. We, we need to test everything. And so what I, the test I like is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit's love. And we see love in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if that idea isn't going to bring joy, if it isn't gentle and kind, if it isn't peaceful, it's not a loving idea. So
So if love is the foundation of all that we do and all that we want to do, we need to test it to make sure it meets that. And if we're not faithful, if we're not patient, if we're not exercising self-control, then it also isn't a good idea because it means we're not really thinking about what we're doing. So we need to take the time to test those ideas, to test those inspirations, and make sure they're loving. Make sure they have a foundation in love so that all we do, all that we say, and every action we take is built on love because love is the greatest power in the universe. Love can defeat all evil, but it's got to be consistent. You can't just love on Sunday and then start going back to hating and fear and polarization on Monday through Friday. You got to love every day of the week. You got to love consistently because people know hypocrites really well. And so we've got to have the love of Jesus and test everything all the time. Let us pray. Almighty God, we want to trust in your love. We want to trust that love is the greatest power and we want to let go of all hate and fear and anger. Knowing that you have loved us all the time, you've paid the price for all the wrongs that we have done, our guilt and our shame, and we can lay those at the cross. And we can live in love and we can spread your love in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.